Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. We're live from Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club. Uh, great to have you on board. Welcome to the weekend and just gorgeous here. Thanks to Crystal Lockwood, who's organised this for us. We've broadcast here once before, but we absolutely love it. So we're upstairs, fairly secluded where we are, but alongside us is the balcony, the fabulous restaurant here. And it's open this afternoon with one of the world's greatest views. Downstairs, of course, everybody loves the cafe and... We're just watching the Humpback Highway. We're watching some beautiful swell roll in right at the moment. And alongside me, my bosom buddy, Michael Butner. Good morning. Steve, good morning. I, I dare say they'd refer to this as the trophy room, Steve, because there's trophies, there's uh, plaques signifying uh, life members, presidents, etc., etc. And we've got one of the uh, life members and a, an absolute legend, Steve, of surf lifesaving. Yeah, we're privileged. Warren Lapika is here this morning, so he's a life member of virtually everything. Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club, yeah. Central Coast Surf Life Saving, also New South Wales Surf Life Saving. I dare say he'll be a life member of Australian Surf Life Saving. If he isn't already. In the next couple of years. Uh, downstairs, of course, they're doing the beautiful, uh, I think it's Tai Chi. They're I doing... saw it, yes. A couple of the uh, older folk. Yeah, now Warren informed me that they've been doing this for years and they've also raised tens of thousands of dollars for charity. So yeah, it's a right. gold coin donation, I think, every time you show up for Tai Chi. Buttes, as you can see, I'm wearing the Mark Hughes beanie. Uh, don't we love beanie round in the National yeah. Rugby League? And... They've, I reckon they've raised close to $30 million for brain cancer research and we're privileged. Mark Hughes joining us a little later on this morning. I've got to say, we, you know, the game does several rounds really well. Uh, Anzac Round, I believe, is, he's done really well. And this Mark Hughes Foundation, it has grown from strength, from, uh, strength to strength. And um, it's great to see the support of the rugby league community, uh, the players, uh, the clubs... And, of course, the NRL and, uh, you know, everybody's behind it. And, you know, he's uh, done a fantastic job, Mark Hughes. And, obviously, um, what was his name? Callender. Oh, um, Matt Callender. Matt Callender, yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was, uh, you know, a part of this as well and unfortunately passed away uh, due to brain cancer. But, um, you know, they continue to do their research. They continue to raise money to find a cure for it. And uh, absolutely brilliant. And, like I said, I think it's one of the best rounds that we have in the game. And um, well done to Mark Hughes and everybody involved. I want to ask Mark when he comes on if he's on Air Force One. I think he's uh, oh. doing the tour of duty this weekend. He'll... Be at the airport this morning. He's on his way to Canberra for the match against the Titans, which is later on this afternoon. But Buttes, what a start to this round, round 18 of the National Rugby League. Sharks blow the Dragons away and they're in a massive hole, St. George Illawarra. But, you know, the Sharks, are they real contenders? Do you think they can do something special? 
Ah, oh, look, I don't know. Look, I think on the back of what they did last year, I think they're maintaining that momentum. Um, I'm not sure whether they've got the ammo that they need to take on the big guns, as in the Storm, uh, the Panthers and the Rabbitohs. That would be my only question mark over uh, the Sharks. What I do know is when they play teams below them, they actually dominate. And, you know, you know you're playing against a Dragon side. This is third versus 16th. Um, or 17th, sorry. And, you know, ultimately they just put a score on them and, and did it quite comfortably, to be yeah, honest. Did the same against the Bulldogs last start as well. Yep. Rabbitohs bounce back after their loss to the Cowboys. And I guess the Warriors, they're on such a roll, they'd be disappointed with their performance last night in front of a packed house. I think they would be disappointed. Um, probably more so with the, the fact that they weren't in the game Um you know, they scored first, and then after that, it was all South Sydney, 28 un- unanswered points. Uh, Cody Walker was absolutely outstanding. I, you know what? It, it just blows me away. I saw his tries this morning. Well, not the tries that he scored, but the tries that he set up and his involvement. Um, I just don't know what these defenders do during the week <laughs> in preparation coming up against Cody Walker. Because they just seem to... And this is what the great players do. It's what a Cliffy Lyons was able to do. It's what a Laurie Daly was able to do. It's, you know, those great players just have that ability just... And it's more about his tempo because he's got... He can go fast, but he can also go slow. And that it's that slowness that tempts the defender in. And then after that... They just get suckered in and he just passes the ball and off they go. They create numbers and the rest is history. Someone said that about Gary Hughes uh, with Canterbury-Bankstown. Yeah, yeah, back in the day, yeah, correct. And, you know, our listeners probably may remember Gary Hughes, but, um, you know, they just had the ability. It's not always about going fast. You know, your tempo and varying your tempo, going slow sometimes is actually the the key to uh, breaking down defences. And he's just got that ability. He... You know, a couple of times he got the ball last night and that led to tries. It was seriously, it looked so easy. It yeah. really did. I'd like to hear what Adam says back at headquarters because he's steering the ship this morning, Adam's, Adam Staples. He's a massive Souths fan. Adam, the narrative last week when Souths lost to the Cowboys, in my opinion, Souths weren't too bad. I just think the Cowboys were absolutely outstanding and now they're on the fringe of the eight. What were your thoughts, though, as a diehard Souths fan? To be honest, uh, boys, uh, and good morning to you, um, I was slightly worried going into the Warriors game after last week. Look, the Cowboys did play really well, but I was hoping that that um, fact that Latrell was out and Souths wouldn't have, um, you know, the reliance so much and be a one-club one, um, player and have to rely on Latrell, you know, in the team. So it is good uh, to see them bounce back so emphatically like they did and um, sort of reassure the fans that they are still there and thereabouts and that they can play uh, a full 80-minute performance without Latrell on the field. So I think the most pleasing thing about last night was their defence and if they can get back to defending like that, I think they're going to be a threat. Yeah, well done. Well, yeah. a great analysis. Well, and they, they can't be a one-trick one pony. No, they cannot. And, they, and they're not. You know, they've got too much ability, too much talent in that side. You know, the likes of Cody Walker, Cam Murray, uh, Damian Cook, uh, you know, just to name a few. And, you know, Alex Johnson, who's, you know, he's closing in on Ken Irvine's record. And I know he's still got some 40-odd tries. But, but, you know, when you think about it, 
at his strike rate, we're only talking about another 50 games or so. It's probably only another two seasons before he surpasses that mark, which has probably been the holy grail, been untouchable, but he's getting closer. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. Oh. Uh, Adam's got the audio of both of those tries, but I'd rather hear what the coach said. This is Jason Dimitriou after last night. Yeah, it was pretty special performance. been a great few days, to be honest. It's probably the first time in six, seven weeks we've had the full group together except for those who were injured and with the couple was coming over had a really good preparation and um, I think you saw that in, in our performance there's a real connection and, and an enjoyment about what we were doing and that grew as the game went on as well obviously really pleasing you want your players to enjoy playing footy and I just felt like the last few weeks we've maybe lacked that enjoyment a little bit and probably got a bit fixated on the outcome and you know I'm probably going to wear that a little bit making sure that we're not getting focused on the outcome and sticking to what works for us and that's enjoying our footy loving the moments when we're resilient and I thought in the first 20 minutes there was a lot of resilience in our team we were heavily on the back of, of a penalty count had to defend our line for large periods that 20 minutes and to keep turning away was was where the game was built from I think yeah, Jason Dimitriou after last night, and they did. They repelled wave after wave of Warriors' attack. So, well done to South Sydney. Want to talk a lot about Panthers versus the Storm. We saw a cracker of a game last night. It was uh, at Dockland Stadium last night, so weren't playing at their usual home at Amy Park. They jumped out to a 14-0 lead. We'll talk more about that soon because we want to get to this. This is Butes' segment, and we roll in the, the theme track from one of the great Clint Eastwood movies, The Good, The Bad and The Ugly. Yeah, what a theme song from The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, starring Clint Eastwood. Butes, this is your segment. Take okay. it away, my friend. I'm going to go with The Good, and The Good was there's two teams that are going to get my good nomination this week, and that is the Sharks for their performance against the Dragons. Um, the Panthers, their comeback against the Storm, they were blown away in the first 30 minutes. I know we're going to talk about it, but it was 14-0. They had no right to go in at halftime 16-14 up, but, you know, it just shows the resilience of... Uh, that side and what they're about and how tough they're going to be come um, the you know final series that you know they're defending premiers and and they showed it last night why they are so they're my good the sharks and the panthers the bad well the dragons <laughs> again they're going to get it again my goodness you know the debacle that is the ben hunt um contract saga and and what's going on there and their performance it was diabolical the you know the only highlight was probably the try to Terrell, Terrell Sloan um which was some 80 meter try and you know he was a little spark but outside of that that was terrible the ugly Steve I don't know whether you saw the try to Nelson Osofa Salomona <laughs> last night but uh, sure did my goodness if I don't know uh, again I, I think I've mentioned this before I think they are overcooking stuff, right? If that's not if that's not knocked out, I don't know what is. Like there was clear movement of the ball, right? I don't know how you can you're able to maintain possession or whatever it may be when you're on the ground. Like I, initially, I, the big guy celebrated and then straight away got up, had a little consultation with his teammates, and it looked like he knew correct. that he couldn't sell it. You're you're right, and so suddenly, again, I'm not going to say. Video referees should use players' reactions to determine what they're... But 
you know what? I, I don't know. Look, if that's a play the ball, I'm telling you, if that's a play the ball, you know what it is? It's a knock on. If, if you surveyed 100 NRL fans, 99.999. Oh, so, unless they're Storm supporters. Yeah. Right? But you're right. I, I, I dare say most people would go, that's a knock on every day of the week. Right? But we're overcooking it. We're overthinking it. We're trying to get it. You know what? Don't. Yeah, but look, they've made a lot of errors this year. Is that your bad or the ugly? That's the ugly. That's the, the ugly. The Dragons were bad. Let, can I weigh in with a couple? Of course you can. I think the good for me at the moment, North Queensland Cowboys. Yep. Wow. 31-6 to 6 last week. Yeah. We've got a, you know, we got a vested interest because Scotty Drinkwater's playing the house down. Most uh, skillful fullback in the game for mine. Yeah, and they're on the move. So they've got a real opportunity to climb inside the eight, but I'll... Also, say the good for me is the Parramatta Reels. Mm. So many people writing them off. Look at what they did last week on the Sunshine Coast against the Dolphins. You know, Butte's there in the eight. Can you believe they are in the eight? Well, I think they're on the back of five wins in a row, Steve. And this is what it shows this tournament, uh, this competition at the moment. You get on a roll, then you are back in it, well and truly. We've got the Panthers sitting on top on 26 points, the Eels sitting on 20, you know, with a game in hand. You know, this is going to be important for them. Uh, oh, they got the buy this week. There you go. That's even more significant, right? Even, and I don't know when they add the points. Do they add the points straight away. Or do they, I think they the add the, them after the weekend. Uh, after the weekend, right? So they move Which up to Which is incredible points. from Brad Arthur. Yep. And the, you know what? Their for and against is very good. When you look at every other team ahead of them, right? They're 132 points for um, Raiders who are sitting above them, are minus 69. The Warriors are plus 42. The Rotos are plus 96. Storm are plus 65. Therefore, and against, is re- it's the second best in the competition at the moment. They've done this without Dylan Brown. Now, the good, the bad and the ugly is your segment. Yep. If I was doing it, my ugly is definitely Dylan Brown. Mm. Uh, my bad is Reese Walsh. Zero tolerance for any kind of, well, I don't know whether it's abuse to the ref Descent towards the ref, it just should not happen at NRL level. I know players will get frustrated. I'd call it immaturity. Immaturity. Simple as that. Like, he just, you know, lost his marbles and, um, and you know, you know what? He's going to be punished for it. And, you know, punished harshly, and I'm not from the three weeks, but it's two games for the Broncos and one origin game. That is where it hurts most. It's yeah. That's significant. Like, you know, an origin game isn't the same as any other NRL game. You know, you've missed out on origin. That's really significant for the young kid. It'll be a different origin because I think Tommy Flegler, yes. he's, he's in doubt as well. So He's out. I think I heard uh, Kevin Walters say that he's out for four to six weeks. And massive derby up in Brisbane tonight. Mm. They're yep. playing that at the Gabba Buttes. Gabba, how good. It's been 60-odd years since they've played up there and I think they've got the AFL on there. Or they had the AFL on there this weekend as well. They had it uh, Thursday, Thursday night. night. Yeah, yeah, the uh, line's too good for... Absolutely smash Richmond. Buttes, yes. uh, we need to go to our first break. I'll throw this into the good, the bad and the ugly and I'm not sure where it sits, but I bumped into Tony Clark yesterday. Mm. Local legend. I'd suggest ugly. Uh, premiership <laughs> winner as a player and also a coach. He told me he wants to come back on the show and redeem himself after he was multitasking last time that he joined us. Gotcha. He said, tell Buttes, I want some more airtime. I oh, would love to have him so on. So where does that sit? Is that good, bad or ugly? Oh, uh, let's sit on that. It. Yeah, yeah, let's hold, hold let, that thought. Let that permeate. Off to our first break. We're back in a moment. Mark Hughes joining us from the Mark Hughes Foundation. I've got the beanie on this morning and what a fabulous job they've done. Ali Broadbent also coming up. The Suncorp Super Netball Series 
It's on. Last week's semi-final was incredible. I know that word is overused, but what a game between the Swifts and the Thunderbirds. They're into their first grand final in a decade. Swifts, they get a second bite of the cherry, the minor premiers. They'll take on the reigning premier, the West Coast Fever. Fever. Wow. What a final series it is. Off to our first break. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome back. We're live from Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club. And I mentioned earlier, I've got the Mark Hughes beanie on this weekend. It's my favourite round of the year. Well, along with indigenous round of course the magic round but this is the one that is so meaningful for so many people and the man himself joins us butes let's rise as one standing ovation on this saturday for the great mark hughes good morning mate good morning guys come on get back in your seats no 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 way and uh what you're i mentioned earlier are you on are you on air force one you're off to canberra (laughs) off to canberra fellas this afternoon it's uh such an exciting weekend um so much support out there uh, once again. And, um, yeah, looking forward to coming to the Raiders game this afternoon. Well, one of my first questions, who designs your beanies? Because every year they're just beautiful and they're a real collector's item. Yeah, our, our little team uh, at the office, they start the process pretty much as soon as this one will finish. It'll start and we just they chop and change and buy ones and make all these uh, adjustments to what they think will work. And um, we end up with a couple of beanies. You know, the one that I'm wearing this morning, it almost looks like it's got a bit of Maori in it uh, from New Zealand. Like, I really love the design, and that's why I asked where it came from. Mate, you were recently on A Current Affair, and there wasn't a dry eye in the house, and you shared your story, mate. Can you tell us more about yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, that, that stuff's not easy, you know, letting the, the world into your house. But um, I understand the position I'm in and what we've got to do to, um, you know, help... Um, help reinforce the realities of brain cancer and they did a wonderful job with that and um yeah you know everything's going extremely well for myself my health's really good um unfortunately i meet so many um cass bennett who walked um the big three trek last year um she passed away this year which has been devastating for our big three trekkers who were probably uh, walking through the coast um as we speak um on their way to sydney so yeah, so we're all, I'm always reminded of the realities of brain cancer. I'm, re, you know, reminded there is no cure. Um, but there's a lot of hope that comes out of this weekend. Mark, it's been uh, 10 years, mate, and I, I know you're probably absolutely blown away by what uh, you've managed to achieve. And I, I, I say you, but I know that there's a lot of people involved in this and, uh, you know, a lot of people that have got behind this, the, you know, the playing group, the, the clubs, the, the NRL, um, obviously... Uh, when you think about the community and what they've done uh, to have raised as much as you have over that time uh, to tackle brain cancer, uh, it must, you know, I guess at times, as busy as this week is for you, there's a a time for reflection Um, at some stage. Maybe it's on the plane coming back from Canberra or whatever it is where you just go, wow, I could never imagine uh, what this has become. Uh, It sure is, Butte. Everywhere I look, you know, the leaders of our game, from Andrew Abdo, um, referees, coaches, players, fans, ball boys, cheer girls, they're all wearing the beanies, they're all smiling, they're, they're posting on their socials. It's, 
it really is an overwhelming um, time. So for me and our little uh, team of MHF and our volunteers, it's an emotional weekend, um, one that we don't take for granted. We're very grateful for the effort that goes in from the NRL and all the clubs. And, um, you know, we've got the responsibility of um, continuing our approach with research, um, you know, creating opportunities to um, solve this problem. Talk to us about the big three trek, mate. What do we got planned this year? Uh, they're champions, these guys. So they, they left Friday morning uh, at 4.30am at Newcastle. And then they're, they're walking to uh, Sunday afternoon, they'll walk into the Manly Roosters game. So there's 60-odd of them. And a big part of this is that about half of them have got direct, um, you know, brain cancer journeys, whether it's through their lost family members or themselves. So it's a really special thing for them to honour those people and walk and raise money. And, um, yeah, certainly proud of those guys. Gee, I noticed that Sportsbet are donating $1,000 for every try in Beanie for Brain Cancer Round. You would be absolutely loving this. The Sharks put on a clinic the other night against St. George Illawarra. <laughs> Big scoreline as well between Penrith, their comeback against the Melbourne Storm, and against South Sydney late on, uh, I think, four tries last night. Yeah, my understanding is Hughesy sent all the clubs that it was a, a, a no-tackle round this weekend. Is that correct? Yep. I, I did send the SOS out beats and uh, no tackle bags at training this week and let's not focus on defence. We want to see <laughs> running rugby league. Yeah, exactly. Mate, you know what? Yeah, and I will say this, mate, and, and, you know, you touched on it uh, previously that, you know, as good as this round is and, you know, we see the beanies and the significance of it, there is the real life aspect of it and, you know, it affects so many people. You know, brain cancer kills more than uh, more Australians under 40 than any other cancer. The, you know, the survival rate uh, has only increased just over 1% over the past 30 years. So, you know, all those stats indicate that there is so much more work to do, mate, and that there is people and families that are so affected by this each and every day. Uh, sure is, mate. It's, the realities are that we've still got a fair bit to do. And um, you look at um, the improvements we've had in breast cancer due to funding and awareness and some amazing results there. And you look at what happened when we all put our mind on fixing COVID. Um, things happened there really quickly. So, yeah, I just think we need some, some big backing off, uh, some, some big people to solve these big problems. Mark, uh, on the website it says you've raised over $24 million, but is that now closer? I think when you came on my podcast, and yeah. mate, thanks again for spending an hour chatting to me on the Perfect Ten, but is it now closer to $30 million or more that you've raised? Yeah, which... yeah, that's, yeah 100%. Steve, it's, uh, it's over $30 million. That, that, I don't know where that... I, see, I hear that figure a bit, but it is actually a bit more than that. So once this weekend, done and dusted, yeah, we'll be... I think we'll be closer to 35 than 30. So wow. um, amazing, you know. But there, with that comes, you know, our research team at the Mark Hughes Foundation Brain Cancer Centre and, and the things they're doing. So we can accelerate that. We can get more teams in. You know, we've got research in Brisbane. We've got, we've got researchers around Australia. So uh, we've got to keep building this team. We've got to keep spending this money and, and, and driving it into our brain cancer research. And, mate, you're doing a little trek yourself later on this year. Is that correct? I, I believe there was a trek that went to uh, base camp, but you're going beyond. Is that right? Sure is. It's, yeah, we're going to go a bit <laughs> higher this time. So that's in October. We're going to go to a place called Island Peak. It's 6,000 metres above sea level. 
Um, we've got about um, 20-odd coming. I think um, Jamie Forbes from the Central Coast area will be taking part again. So look forward to having Forbesy on board. And, um, yeah, they ra- everyone pays their own way. They raise money and it's a fundraiser, but it's, it's also about personal experience and teamwork and, and getting away together. So it's very exciting. Trent Robinson's coming again. That'll be awesome. Uh, Denny Badiris will be there. Billy Peden, a few of my ex-teammates will be great. Yeah. Speaking of uh, your ex-teammates, gee, mate, it's a shame you can't throw the boots on for Curry. They've had a, a really tough year, but they've got some good young kids coming through as well, haven't they? Including, I think, a teenager, a son of a gun that made his debut earlier this year who's already already in the Knights program. Yeah, Jylan Ain's a, a great young kid, and we hope that he spends more time down the road at the Knights than he does at Curry. Um, but, yeah, he's certainly a wonderful young prospect. Yeah, look, um, Curry's a, a traditional rugby league town. Um, we're looking to rebuild, um, so that's going to happen this year. Hopefully get some a few new players in to help some of these young kids because, yeah, it would be just diabolical not to have a Curry-Curry uh, Bulldogs team in the Newcastle League. You know, that just can't happen. Yeah, well, it's where it all began for you, mate. Hey, we'll let you go because I know you're off to the nation's capital and I tell you, mate, you are an absolute national treasure. Uh, another standing O yeah. from myself and Michael Butner. I know, uh, Butes, you'd like to man. you'd like to get high uh, or go higher <laughs> on this track too, wouldn't you, Butes? Well, mate, I'm actually looking at, uh, and I'll touch base with you, Husey, during the week about, um, yeah. you know, the track in October because I'm going. You know what? This is a challenge, and you know, to get on board with you guys and mate, um, absolutely love to have you, Butes. So give me a call. Um, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll chase that up, mate. Have a chat. Good on you, buddy. Good luck to have you on board. Um, have thanks a great for having weekend, me, guys. It wouldn't, it's not Benny around if we don't talk. <laughs> no, that's true, mate. Very there true, mate. Well done, buddy. You're doing there a great job. Bye. Mark Bye. Hughes from the Mark Hughes Foundation. What a pleasure to have him on. Uh, he'd be pulled in every direction this weekend, but I think the entire time this has been on, he's joined us on a Saturday morning. He has, and, you know, again, it just blows me away. And, and again, you know, you can downplay the beanie or just you know i think the beanie it's beautiful it's a great concept and it's a great idea and you know the i think it takes away at times from the you know the harsh realities of you know what this is all about and uh, which i think is a it's a good thing but it's also you know we can't get away from you know how many people are suffering from this and, and the effects that it has i know that you know kids you know brain can't Brain cancer kills more children than any other disease. So, you know, this is really significant and affects a lot of lives for people. Yeah, well said, Butes. Off to the news. We'll come back in a moment. We'll talk the Super Netball Finals. Swifts, the minor premiers, get one more crack, and it happens this weekend against the West Coast Fever, the reigning premier. We'll talk to a legend of netball, Ali Broadbent, next on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome back. We're live from Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club in there. Well, I'd say it's the inner sanctum buttes. This is the trophy room. And what a season they had at local New South Wales and also Australian level. In fact, their Masters probably had their greatest season ever. And you were just looking at the wall here. There's so many champions that have come through this club, including Brad Woodward, who's off to the World Swimming Championships in Fukuoka, Japan, in the backstroke events. And thanks again to everyone at this magnificent club, Shelley Beach, for having us this morning. Buttes, I'm not sure if you saw it last weekend, but the netball finals 
Wow, it looked like the Swiss were heading for the GF mm. under Bryony Akel. But somehow, the Thunderbirds, they scored 19-14 to 14 in the last quarter. They're unstoppable with the super shot. And a lady who was in the crowd is the legendary Ali Broadband, who played not just for the Swiss, but also for the Nepal Diamonds. Let's give Ali a standing O on this Saturday morning. <laughs> Ali, welcome back to our show. Morning, boys. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm bloody freezing at Camden Nepal Courts at the moment. So uh, <laughs> is it warmer at Shelley? Oh, you, you're, you're at the state championships. How's it going so far? Yeah. Uh, first game. So the girls have just started. So they had their first game. Had a loss to start the game all, last start of the day. It's not always uh, a good start. But uh, anyway, they're happy. Got their hair braided. They're all sorted. So, uh, yeah. Hey, I, <laughs> I, I share your pain. It would be sub-zero <laughs> in Camden. Is that correct? Oh, it's so cold. I've been, yeah, I've been here since 6 o'clock. So, uh, yeah, it's been... Uh, anyway, it, to be honest, after three years of cancellations for the, the group of kids, it's um, it's really exciting and nice that the weather's nice and at least there's no rain and um, they can have a really nice weekend playing each other. So, yeah, it, it, it is what it is. So I'll sounds, like great, sounds like a great weekend for a Mark Hughes Foundation beanie and some gloves, I <laughs> oh, think, uh, Ellie. That would be perfect. That would be perfect. I've got one of those, actually. Hey, Ali. I put it on my head. I was racking my brains as to whether, I think maybe five or six years ago, there might have been a team from the Wyong Netball Association that won a state championship, but they're really hard to win for our Central Coast girls, aren't they? Yeah. Oh, look, the girls are competitive. They're in championship division, so um, Gosford and Wyong are, are really... Um, yeah, local, and they do really well, and they have up and downs, but the games are so close, and they're over in, like, 24 minutes, so it's not like it's a, you know, and it's topsy-turvy, yeah, so, and it's a, just one of those things, I think, at the moment that they're, um, they've got to work through, but, um, yeah, the Wyong girls, um, I think that was a few years ago, but, um, yeah, it's probably four years ago that they, they, they won or came second, something like that, so, no, it was good, yeah. definitely, we're definitely yeah, competitive a- in the, in the top division. It's a huge achievement to win a state title in Nepal. Ali, you're in the crowd last week. What an atmosphere. 64 <laughs> 62, the loss to the I Thunderbirds. Know. And those two shooters, I think it's Lucy Austin and Eleanor Cardwell. Five from six for Austin. Cardwell, six from eight with the super shot. I mean, what an unbelievable last quarter. Oh, look, uh, honestly, I was in the crowd. It was chaotic and it was just, it, it felt like you, I don't know how being a player on the court would have, um, you couldn't hear yourself think and um, so exciting. And the, I think the umpires um, probably lost control a little bit, not in a bad way, just that it kind of was probably hard to pull things up. But um, yeah, like I think, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of errors uh, in throughout the game. You can't always come down to the last minute, but there's probably some crucial errors in that last little bit for the Swifts that Bryony's probably um, kicking the heels about. But, um, yeah, look, it is what it is, and, and we probably, you know, we had our chances. So disappointing, but here we are. Yeah, Butes, I know you've got the next question, mm. but there was a pass with about eight seconds left, and you can't break a game down to one pass. <laughs> but, you know, if if she chose a different option, mm. Swifts are in the grand final. I mean, it's that close, and it, it was a fantastic game. Ali, can I ask you this? What, you know, the addition of the super shot and, you know, that two-point play, it's so significant now and so important. Um, what has that meant for the game? Like, obviously, you could be five or six points behind and suddenly within, you know, a minute or so, 
you know, it's so much closer because of the introduction of that super shop. Oh, look, I don't know. And if you were in the crowd last week, we had a bit, I don't know how, what the number was last week, but um, it, the excitement and the adrenaline rush from a crowd perspective was amazing because you're just never, you're never not out of it, if that makes sense. Even mm. if you're 10 goals down, you're, you're only five super shots away. And the girls are getting, particularly like the likes of Helen Housby, Eleanor Carvel, there, there's girls there that are, are shooting really consistently with a super shot. And you just, you know, we're getting, the defenders are getting better at defending it. I think, and it's probably a bit tactical, um, but it's um, it's certainly just a, one of those things that's added a little uh, different perspective to the game and just a bit more excitement from a, 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 a spectator's point of view. Yeah. Uh, are you nervous, Ali? Because now the New South Wales Swifts have got to face the reigning champions, the West Coast <laughs> Fever, and that game being played tonight at the Kudos Bank Arena. Look, the Swifties are all, where all the old Swifties are going to the game. Um, I think that, um, that, and I don't just say this, but the Swifts have probably been leading into finals in a better form um, than the West Coast Fever. The Fever have probably had a few, I suppose, upset losses. They've probably been a little inconsistent and not finishing off at the end. And I know Dan probably has been a bit frustrated with that. Um, whereas the Swifts, um, it was a surprise that they lost last week, I think, because of their form and the Thunderbirds. Um, have been like a roller coaster as well in terms of their up and down season. So, um, yeah, I think, to be honest, the way the Thunderbirds played last week, I think they're the team to beat in the grand final. Um, tonight's match, it could go either way. I reckon it's going to be close. So, but I'm going to say this. <laughs> it's, been, it's been 10 years for the Thunderbirds since they've been in a grand final. And they, yeah. were, they were like the benchmark years ago. But Yeah, and don't forget, don't forget the coach of the West Coast Fever. Like, he came on our show and, mm. you know, they had two years where they won just one game yep. and he got axed. And... Yeah. yeah, they went through, through some really dark times, didn't they, Ali? So it's, it's a great redemption did, story for the Thunderbirds. Oh, uh, yeah, it is. And it's a really, uh, it is. It's an awesome story. It's nice that they've got their, they've got their last year, um, last season, they actually had the best defensive end in the, in the league. They just couldn't capitalise on that um, with their shooting. The um, addition of... Lucy and Eleanor into the attacking line, and Quan. Uh, she was uh, Duan, uh, Duan. Duan. Uh, I can't say her last name. Um, but she, the goal attack. She actually was really quiet last week. Didn't have a best game. I think Nerves did the better of her, but she's been playing really well as well. So I think that, um, yeah, like it's um, it's just one of those things that I think it's a really nice story, and and they're playing really well and deserve to to be in the the grand final for sure. Mm. And is it? Is it Tanya Obst, who was also around yes. Nepal, New South Wales at one stage? Was she? I think she's always been in South Australia, but she's probably had some stuff to do in, in Nepal, New South Wales and for Nepal, Australia as well. I think, um, yeah, like they've got a really strong coaching staff there now and um, I think it's been one of those things that they've worked on in the pre-season. They haven't had a great um, few years and they're all... Adelaide's really... Nostalgic. They love. They love their netball. They love their teams, and they get the local um, crowds really get behind. So I think it's probably um, nice for them to to see some rewards from the the hard work they've been putting in. Uh, what's the expectation tonight? Kudos Bank Arena. I dare say Ooh. you need to take some earplugs with you. Is that right? <laughs> I needed them last week. I still I lost my voice, <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> and I was. Uh, Look, expect for a crowd or for I don't know, yes, like it's crowd, um, crowd, crowd, crowd. Could, could be a world record. I think it'd be, 
Well, I'm hoping. I don't know. I haven't heard any whispers. I think um, at Ken Rosewall, they got to 9-7 during season for the Swifts. Um, and then I think last week they were probably around the same or a little bit less. Maybe I'm not sure. Um, and then and then this week, it's really hard when you're in a bigger stadium. So I don't know what the crowd numbers will be tonight. Um, it helps at state champs, junior states on this weekend. So you might get some, a lot of the regional teams are local at the moment. So it'd yes. be nice if, if some of those teams can come. But I also understand from a coaching perspective for the, to get the kids into bed early. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. <laughs> hmm. And just finally, Ali, it's been a while since you've come on our show, but, you know, a former Swift at the helm, Bryony Akel, hasn't she done a superb job? I mean, she's already won two premierships and I just love the way that she coaches. She's not afraid to roll the dice and if she can get the job done tonight, can't wait to see what they could do in the grand final. Oh, look, yeah, no, exactly right. I, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. We've got a, a Swifty chat that Bryony, Bryony probably was 24 hours in a uh, uh, depression state after last week's game and um, we've been chatting to her on, on messaging but um, yeah look I, I think it, tonight's game's going to come down to how good we're going to be on our super shots. I think you might see um, Sophie Fawns play a bigger part um, in tonight's game because I think strategically we want to get some of those in early. Sophie didn't get a go last week until the last dying minutes of the game last week and she is when she's on, she's on um, with her shots. So it'd be nice to see her add a little bit of a different dimension to the Swiss. And I think um, Bri, Bri's not afraid to take a chance and, and go for what she thinks is going to win. So, um, and I think the last time, there's been one each this season um, in terms of win-loss mm. against each other. So I think it's going it's really going to come down to the how good we are in our shooting. Hey, Ali, thank you so much for joining us. And when we watch the You're game welcome. tonight, we'll... We'll see a couple of your former teammates, uh, oh, a lot of ex-Swifts. There, <laughs> there he is, yeah. yes. Well, Liz's daughter, so we're getting old now. Lizzie's daughter's playing uh, state champs as well, junior state. So mm. um, we're all getting older now. So it's all the kids coming through. So we're just the mums, mums in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs> hey, pleasure to have you back on the show and go Swifts tonight. Yeah. Thanks, boys. Okay, cheers. See ya. Bye. Ali Broadbent joining us live from the state championships at Camden. And uh, uh, while we were chatting to Ali, a text has come through from Mark Hughes. Mm. Uh, boys, thanks for a great chat. And Steve, just a reminder, people can drop into Lowe's and also IGA as well as on the Mark Hughes Foundation website for their beanies in yep. 2023. So uh, I picked them up from IGA in the past and also Lowe's to grab one of the 2023 Mark Hughes Foundation beanies. I think Ali needs to get herself to IGA out at Camden. <laughs> yeah. Make sure she gets a couple. <laughs> Off to another break. Uh, after 10 this morning, Corey Shackleton joining us. Mm -hmm. Bombers on top of the table in the Hunter Central Coast AFL competition. And they had a great win last week against Newcastle. So that was top of the table. Gary Birkinshaw, the guru, coming up after 10 as well. All things ashes. Oh, yeah. My goodness. A good day for the Aussies last night, mate. I'm telling you. Have that you had good. any sleep? I know. I just I get up and watch YouTube. You do the 16-minute highlight package. That's enough. That's all I need. Yeah. It's like when I watch the EPL. Yes, correct. <laughs> yeah. Off to another break. This is Saturdays on the Coast. All thanks to Robson Civil Projects. Thanks to Whitey's Right Price Tyres. And, of course, thanks to Slime's Board Store, Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week, coming up just before 11 this morning on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track.
Yeah, we're live from Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club. Uh, this beautiful club upstairs at the moment. A little later on today, the balcony will open. Uh, the beautiful restaurant. I saw a special butte. Yes, tell I th- me. I think it's Friday nights, two courses plus a glass of wine for $35. How can you beat that? Well, it's unbeatable. <laughs> it is. I need to get myself out down here to Shelley Beach uh, Surf Club for a yeah. nice dinner. Downstairs, the uh, cafe is pumping. And thanks to everyone for having us here this morning. Buttes, quickly... Panthers down 14-0. Mm. In the end, they blow Melbourne away 34-16. And you were just saying, look at when they scored their first try in the 31st minute. I know you mentioned earlier about the diabolical try awarded to Nelson Asofa Solomona by the video referee. So behind the eight ball, but look at the way they fight back. And I think they did it on the back of some really steely defence where suddenly they forced a turnover and got some good field position. Yeah, look, they were... I've got to say, the Storm were fantastic, put so much pressure on them in that first 30 minutes. Like They were out of the game, and, and you just didn't know when or how it was going to happen. Then a, you know, I guess a, you call it fortunate, but a penalty try to Crichton. Uh, he was held back by Meany, uh, and everything just changed so quickly for the Melbourne Storm. Uh, sorry, for the Penrith Panthers and the Melbourne Storm in the fact that yeah, their dominance was just taken away from them. And then the Panthers, uh, you know what, they've been in big games. They know what they're doing. They've got a lot of experience. And, you know, despite the fact they don't have Nathan Cleary there, they, you know, their best player, they still delivered. Probably delivered the best game I've seen Isaac Tungall play. Yep. He scored a double last night. He was good. Uh, we got Jack Cogger, Central Coast boy, playing at halfback. And, you know, he could have dropped his head after that first try. Harry Grant scores from a charge down. But after that, he's just superb, including beautiful grubber for Stephen Crichton to score. Yeah, exactly right. You know what, to turn it around the way he did, you know, Harry Grant, a massive effort. He was in the defensive line next to the referee, runs 18 metres, charges the ball down, scores the first try. Um, you know, again, like you said, it could have affected uh, Cogger, but yeah, no way in the world. he came come back and did well. Six tries to two, 34-16. Panthers over the Melbourne Storm. We've got audio from both coaches, which we might play in our second hour. I'd love to hear what Ivan's got to say after that comeback win. And Craig Bellamy, he'd be bitterly disappointed. We're off to the news. We'll come back with Corey Shackleton. The Kalani Vale Bombers head coach, they're on top of the table in the Hunter Central Coast AFL comp. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. Welcome to Saturdays on the Coast with Steve Allen and Michael Butner on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome back for the second hour. Hope you're enjoying the weekend so far. A glorious run of weather. Buttes, I may have said this last weekend on the air. Yes. I can't remember such, such a sustained period of beautiful weather. It has been good. It's a bit fresh, I must say, but it is winter, so, you know, we can't complain. <laughs> However, the sun is shining, so that's what's important, Steve. It certainly is. And we're on the uh, balcony at uh, Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club. In this second hour, Gary Birkinshaw coming up, oh. so you guys will dissect the Ashes, the second test. I can't wait. Seriously, the cricket has been outstanding. Butts' top three is coming up. Mm. I dare say the Aussie cricketers might be in there and maybe the women cricketers as well. We'll, we'll save that for later. Yeah, yeah. yeah we yeah. can't reveal too Teaser. much. Teaser. Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week is brought to you by Slimes Board Store. Since the mid-1980s, they have led the way. And Butes, uh, I mentioned, well, 
I don't know whether to say it now or later in the hour, but the G-Skate has been for a run. Oh, how good. Yeah. How good. The brand new surfboard, I've been sweating on using it. And Steve-O, well, it was showtime on Tuesday afternoon, but I'll tell you more later in the hour. Uh, let's get to our next guest and the Bombers on top of the table in the Hunter Central Coast AFL competition after a fantastic win last week. 11-11-77 to 7-9-51 against Newcastle City. The Bombers head coach is on the line, Corey Shackleton. Good morning, mate. Welcome back to the show. Yeah, hey, Steve. Hey, Butch. How are you going? Yeah, we're well. Could you step us through some of the star performers last week and top of the table clash and now you're, you're back to where you belong, mate. It's taken a little while this year as reigning Premier, but finally you're back on top. Yeah, it, it, it has. We've had a bit of a, a horror run with some long-term injuries probably for the last oh, six or seven weeks. And, and last week we started to see a few of them rolling back in. We haven't played a lot of footy for probably two or three weeks, so we had a chance to, I guess, lick our wounds and, and get a few guys <clears throat> back into the fray. So um, that was nice. Uh, and, again, we've got you know, a pretty good side in this week. But, yeah, in terms of last week, it was you know really important that we got back on the winners list. They knocked us off the first time around up at number one sports ground. So we wanted to try and turn the table and, and obviously knowing if the win would get us back on, on top and like you said, where we feel like we want to be. So um, that was nice. And in terms of our star performers, we had our uh, probably most of our top line midfielders in with Rick White and Damien Hector and Josh Misford and they were outstanding. And then we had probably our young brigade, Luke Flack, uh, Jai Bobby, uh, Brandon Moy was really good, as was a guy... Um, Ryan Arthur, who'd done a tagging role on, on City's premier midfielder and absolutely just shut him down. So probably our younger guys actually really started to step up and, you know, they've played 50, 60 games of footy now and they're, um, they're just starting to come into their own. So I think it's probably the young kids that probably did the, did the job for us last week. Gee, Shaq, I reckon just looking at the stats here, and I was almost going to drop in and watch the game, and I bumped into a former coach, John Pigeon, who said it was a really good performance. So Newcastle, Newcastle City lead at quarter time. They lead by three points at halftime. And then defensively, you hold them to just one goal. You kick four yourself in the third quarter. You hold them to one goal again. I think it's one goal four in the final term. And the Bombers kick uh, three in that final quarter. So you must be really pleased defensively how you limited them to just two goals in that last, last, last half. Yeah, absolutely, and that's one of the things that we try to pride ourselves on is we're very defence-first mindset in, in how we go about things. And, and that first half, they were definitely the better side. They they do a lot of run and carry with the football and have they run in numbers, a lot of handballs, and they really caught us out with that quick play. We couldn't set ourselves up behind the ball, and our midfielders traditionally do a lot of work to get in behind the footy, and they just couldn't get there, and they just had us. You know, they, they looked, it was actually you know, really tough to defend, and we spoke a lot as a coaching group and then with the players about trying to limit their ability to run with the ball and try and stop them handballing and force them to, to kick and kick long ideally and then we could create those turnovers and then once that started to happen in that third quarter we really could play our style of footy and, and just slow the tempo a little bit and then we could set ourselves up structurally and, and start to suffocate them a little bit you know ideally uh, and that's probably the way it just panned out a little bit more in that second half so it was nice you know it's nice as a coach when you you want something to happen and it, it kind of comes to fruition so that was good yeah Shaq it's not just your team I noticed the Kalani Val Bombers women they're nine and nine. Mm. A good win for them as well. Six goals, five forty-one to four three twenty-seven against a team that's been their nemesis over the years, Newcastle City. And so, the Bombers women also on top of the table. Oh, the Bombers women are just 
are flying along at the moment. They are, like you said, Newcastle City's been everyone's nemesis for probably the last six or seven years. They've just dominated the competition, and even in seasons when we've probably been the better side, they've always found a way to beat us in the big game. But I think it was nice to to get two wins over them in the season and consolidate that top spot and, and puts us in a really good position for this back half of the season now to have a bit of breathing space at the top of the table. But just that confidence, you know, having, like you said, beaten Newcastle City you know, quite comfortably and playing some really good footy too. Like the way they, they had the win was, was excellent. So, um, yeah, it was a fantastic win. A good day for the club. Yeah. Shaq, I'm going to get away from the, uh, the local stuff and uh, look at the AFL. Uh, Brisbane, absolutely flogging. Uh, the Richmond Tigers, 134-53. to 53. Uh, And last night's game, Sydney taking on Geelong. And, and the last two games for Sydney, they've really struggled against the Cats. Uh, the uh, One of those being the grand final last year uh, where they went down by some 80-odd points. But uh, a 6-18-54 to 7-12-54, a draw, which doesn't happen that often in the AFL, but uh, kicking very, very ordinary from both oh, teams. Oh, yeah, some of the worst kicking I've ever seen at AFL level. But let's hear what Shaq says. Well, well you're right. And what do they say? Bad kicking is bad football. But the, the irony of it is I thought it was Sydney's kicking in general play was outstanding. Like They move the football really well and it, it troubled you along. And then they get in front of the big sticks and they just, they just couldn't finish them. So... Um, yeah, I mean, in the end, I thought Sydney was the better side the whole night. They just probably lucky in the end to to get away with it, even though they had every opportunity to win it. It was it was kind of comical, really. But um, yeah, that's the that's the, the funny part is they're traditionally a really good user of the ball, and, and even through the game, they they actually looked like they had complete control. And, but well, yeah, once they got in front of the goals, they just couldn't kick a goal. It's just, it was a bit weird. Yeah, one of those players. Isaac Heaney, like, you know, such a class player and the amount of times he actually put it out on the full so he didn't hit anything. Yeah, again, it just it just didn't... I know they zoomed to the coach's box a few times with Buddy up there and, and the, some of the reactions they were pulling was probably summed it up. It just, <laughs> it was, it just didn't make sense, you know. Like, like, like you said, Isaac Heaney's just elite in terms of talent. Um, every time he, he gets the ball, you think he's going to do something with it that, you know, almost no one else could do. And, yeah, like I said, there was two or three out on the full. It was just unbelievable. Hey, you'd be pleased so far this year with uh, Daniel Lloyd, former Kalani of Alabama, one of your teammates... And uh, also a player that you would have, I think you would have been around in coaching as well when he was coming through. He's been outstanding with the Giants and getting close to 100 games in the AFL, which is just such a great achievement for someone who came in in his mid-20s. Yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing, actually. Like, I think, I remember thinking back, you know, I was playing with him when he, you know, got those opportunities to go to the Giants. And it was almost like, imagine if you got a chance to play an AFL game. You know, that'd be just such a great story. And then, you know, he played a bit of time in the needful and then he got an opportunity to play his first game. And I remember we all went down for the first game and then we all went down for the second game because it was almost like every game was going to be his last, I think, for some of us because it was just so such a fairy tale. And then... Except now he's played 100 and he, he's just a great role player. He, he does everything they need him to do in his position. And, and he's, you know, he's, he's actually in a really elite talent. Even at AFL level, his kicking skills are outstanding and he's just so reliable. So it's, um, yeah, it's a really, um, it's a really great story. And like you said, to come in from, you know, early to mid twenties, you know, a guy that just played bush footy and was, was outstanding at it. And then, got an opportunity and just grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. So, yeah, to see him get up, you know, if you get up to the 100 games is, yeah, it's pretty special. 
Yeah, sure is. And they've got a tough one this weekend. They take on the Demons. Butte? Yeah, Shaq, I'm just looking at the table and, and, and how it's positioned. You know, Geelong sitting on 30 points after that draw last night. Uh, and then you go all the way down to probably 15th spot with Carlton, who take on Hawthorne this weekend. And uh, they're on 22 points. So um, those wins are going to become really significant for those teams. I, I think sitting between 5th spot St Kilda on 32 all the way through to 15th, uh, it's not unlike the uh, NRL ladder at the moment. Very, very tight. Uh, and any team that gets on a bit of a roll can uh, certainly do themselves a favour and, and find themselves in the, the finals at the back end of the season. Yeah, it seems like the top four's kind of got itself set. There's a bit of an arm wrestle maybe for the top two spots, but you kind of feel like the top's four what it is. And you feel like a win is going to come from there. But... Yeah, I mean, I'm a Carlton supporter, so I love your theory and I hope that that 15th spot can get on a run and, and get into the finals. But um, it is great to see, like with the NRL, that you're not sitting here now thinking, oh, well, we'll, we'll just wait for finals now because we know what's going to happen. It's um, it's going to be a pretty interesting, you know, six, seven weeks as we roll into finals and we've seen anything can happen. Um, the, the forms are up and down on most of the teams except for those probably top two or three. So, yeah, fingers crossed we keep getting some good games and we don't get too many blowouts like we got on Thursday night and... Yeah, who knows where it ends up. Hopefully it's, a, it's right down to the last week. All yeah. The, all the blowout we saw last week with Sydney and uh, West Coast. My goodness, 170-odd yeah. points or whatever. Yeah, the once go. mighty West Coast Eagles. Uh, I tell you, a cracking game was Collingwood versus Adelaide. That was a, like an outstanding game. One of the best I've seen in quite a while. Shaq, uh, final question from me, but I dare say today's road trip is going to be fairly emotional for you, mate, and the entire footy club. You're off to the Singleton Roosters. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, obviously, our road trip today, I mean, we're, we're at home, but you mean in terms of what's happening and what's happened is... Um, yeah, round, yeah, round 12, is that, that... Yeah, round 12, round 12 won't, won't go ahead in that sense. Then Singleton's going to return to the competition, but they'll come back in the men's shield competition. They just don't want to have the pressure of, you know, I don't think they're trying to field sides to play in the top tier. So... Um, yeah, but mind you, I mean, every club will welcome them back into whatever fold they want to come back into. But, um, yeah, like I said, it, it, oh, uh, it was just unbelievable. And even last week, it was quite strange, even with the players coming back and playing footy. It felt like that's what people would want to happen. But it was, yeah, it was a, it was a weird feeling because it was only a week before, basically, that Newcastle City was playing Singleton. And, you know, it was um, quite surreal. Um, but, yeah, there is um, that, that week... I think the week after we were due to play single and they're making their return to the competition and all the games are getting brought forward. So clubs have got an opportunity to try and get up there and support them and, and get around them. And, you know, the AFL is doing everything they can and doing a great job of, of just providing as much time and support as they possibly can. But, um, yeah, it's um, yeah, quite tough and I think... Oh, yeah, gee, gee, them, you can't can, imagine what, can get the what they're going through, can you? Oh, honestly, yeah. you can't, can you? Like, it's just, it's just unheard of. And the incident itself is, you know, not, it's just so not typical. And to put it in a small club, you know, within a, a small town, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's shocking. So, yeah. yeah you know, Shaq, I, I think you may have just kind of, you said about everyone rallying around them. I, I feel like, I don't know if the Hunter Central Coast competition can pull this together, but they could almost have an entire round where everyone goes there. Every club, and yeah, all day long you got. Bad idea. And all day long you got footy there. I don't, I don't know how many games you play from the start of the day. Maybe it's across the, the entire weekend. A magic round. Yeah, 
Magic round. And it just yeah, lets everyone know how much how much the community love them. Yeah, I think, and I think they'd enjoy that. I know the the, the weekend after the Warners Bay Football Club went up there and they just opened the canteen up so the players could come along and just talk. You know, it wasn't anything about football, but just to support. And um, they've got a, a, quite a big space there. You could set up a couple of fields and, like you said, run a gala day. And I think that'd, that'd be excellent, you know, just to rally around them and just see some football get played. And, you know, I guess take, take their minds away from it maybe for a moment. But, yeah, I mean, and I think the AFL's you know, racking its brain and, and looking at as many possible ways to support them as they can. So, yeah, it's definitely something we should, we should put forward because, you know, I think football's a big part of their recovery. It's just, you know, when do you do it? You know, what's the right time? And all those things. So there's no, there's definitely no, you know, playbook on this. So it's, it's pretty pretty tricky to figure out what's right, I suppose. Yeah. So, Shaq, I'm looking at the Hunter Central Coast AFL draw. Did you say you're at home today? Because according to what I'm looking at, it says that you're on the road. Yeah, what happened was this was meant to be a week off for rep footy. They cancelled rep footy because you know, Nadine McBride, who was part of the Singleton Roosters, had passed away. She was the rep coach, and there was just so much, you know, involved in that. So they cancelled the reps, and then with with the week we didn't play last week, they brought it, they brought it in and just filled this void this weekend. So we're actually playing the round ten fixture that was that was called off. Uh, after the bus crash, uh, and gotcha. instead of this being the rep weekend, we've got a match. So it's a little bit of a, a mix-up, but going forward, the competition will then be as per you know, as per program. So we will be due to play Singleton next week. Okay, mate. So you're up against a team that I think, from memory, did they get you the first time you met them this year, Warner's Bay? They did. Yeah, yeah. Got some really good young kids, and they just jumped us. They got four goals on us up front before we even registered a score, I think, and. That was the margin at the end. We just we just couldn't wheel them back, and good young kids, and they're up and about, and probably our young kids, and and across the park, we we just didn't re- didn't react right, and yeah, that's the risk you run there. They're a good side when you give them a bit of space and get them up and about. So that'll be a good challenge for us today, but another chance like last week to to get some redemption and you know consolidate a spot at the top. Yeah, good on you, mate. Thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Good luck to the Bombers uh, having another fantastic season. The reigning premiers in the Hunter Central Coast AFL comp. Corey Shackleton, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. The Shack. He's got the Shack. That's ACDC song. Yep. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, this is Saturdays on the Coast. We've got Gary Birkinshaw joining us in a moment. We'll talk about the Ashes. We've got Butes' top three coming up and also Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week brought to you by Slimes before 11 o'clock this morning. By the way, with Slimes, surf in for all the latest surf gear, over 700 boards. I saw Darren, who's he's the main man in the store, yep. and he had all the Darren Hanley boards. All lined up the other day. Darren Hanley, a legend from the Gold Coast, and a lot of the top pros are on Darren Hanley boards. And, of course, they've got the G-Skate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Of course, des- they've got the G-Skate. Designed by the Gadowskis brothers, and it got a trial run on Tuesday, and uh, it ticked all the boxes in terms of speed, in terms of uh, radicalness. Is, is that even a word? How did you go? Did you tick all the boxes? Oh, yeah, yeah. Of course you did. I was reinvigorated. Oh, yeah. How good. Back in a moment, Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. 
Yeah, good morning, 25 past 10. We're live from Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club. And thanks again to Crystal Lockwood for lining this all up for yeah. us. Don't forget, up here on the balcony, they'll open later on today and beautiful cuisine with one of the world's best views. You can just kick back, relax and watch the Humpback Highway do its thing. Yep, I can see one out there right now. Out there to the right. She's uh, spouting away. There she blows. There she blows. There uh, she blows. I'll tell you what else has happened here locally. So just south of us, mm. so the pathway to Crackneck Lookout. Yes. So that's almost fully reopened. And Robson Civil Projects have done a lot of work up there. Gotcha. So retaining walls and it's just absolutely beautiful. Hey, one of our great mates is about to join us live on the air. We call him the guru, Gary yes. Birkinshaw from Central Coast Cricket. Guru, good morning. Welcome back to the show. Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Michael. Shelly Beach, be beautiful there. Matt, probably a bit cool, I would imagine, this morning. Yeah, well, after what happened last time, Valentine Holmes, our technician, uh, we're broadcasting from the warmth of the trophy room. Because yep. I think we all walked away with frostbite <laughs> the last time. <laughs> I don't think Brown has recovered, has he? Hey, Guru, uh, your Richmond Tigers, what in the world went wrong on Thursday night? I thought that would be a, a really good encounter. Yeah, I don't know what went wrong, but I saw no, nothing went right anyway. It was, a, um, it was a demolition, to be perfectly honest. They were uh, never in the hunt right from the word go. Uh, Brisbane dominated through the middle, and then... Uh, yeah, that, they're a fantastic side at home, fantastic side anywhere, to be perfectly honest. But, uh, no, Richmond didn't put up any fight at all. So they certainly got their work ahead of them now if they, if they want to play finals this year. And I think there was no Dusty. He was out with the flu and back in Melbourne. That's enough AFL for you because Buttes wants to dissect everything that's happened in the second test. Chomping at the bit, Guru. What a great day it was yesterday for the Aussies. Uh, start of the day, the Poms were three for, four for actually, uh, but uh, they took the wickets early and then uh, found themselves with a 91 run lead and then to uh, batted really well. I've got to say, Usman Khawaja, geez, in good form. Um, but going back to day one, Steve Smith, he's century. Uh, he's 32nd, which makes him uh, the quickest player in Test history. 174 innings, I think it was, uh, to reach that milestone. Uh, just a phenomenal batting performance from him. Yeah, it certainly was. Averages over 60 in Test cricket. And his record at Lords is is unbelievable. And you know they they're just really playing really good cricket at the moment, Australia. And you know they're grinding it out with the bat and getting some some good scores without without ever. Really, someone really standing out. I know Smith got a century and Kawhi got a yep. century in the first set, so the rest are just chipping in and uh, and we're able to put a decent table on the board. And but you look back, you know, we took a lot of wickets yesterday morning. But I think if you go back to to the last session um, on day two, where England at one yes. stage were one for 188, and then Australia were able to take three quick wickets or three wickets before stumps would make them four for, and then yesterday's bowling performance that was just. Magnificent, and what I really liked about the bowling performance, Butch, was the fact is that is that they actually went out there with a plan. Now, one for hundred eighty-one, England's front, and then they come out and said, "Right, out, we're going to go and, and use the bouncer ploy for them." We put all the blokes back on the on the bench, and they really played with the England ego, to be honest. And the England ego was two around, so we'll take you on, and and they just the, the whole out playing three three hook shots, and some of them were pretty pretty average at best, and. Um, yeah, and that that was really smart thinking by by Pat Cummins and, and the Australian coaching staff, and and the, as you mentioned, yeah, you know, the way he's been, he's come out and batted, looks so in control. 
there's a fair bit in the wicket. That, that's the interesting point. We're 220 yeah. runs, one run front, but fair bit in the wicket. And we've batted. Every time we've batted, it's been overcast. The lights have been on. So to get that lead, you know, we've got to be very happy going into day four. You're right, mate. I do want to touch on the, the point you made early on about, you know, everybody doing their bit. You know, you've got Steve Smith, 110. You've got Dave Warner, 66. Travis Head, 77 of 73. Kerry gets 22. Pat Cummins, 22, not out. He's probably, in terms of the Australian bats, he's probably got the best average at the moment. I don't think he's only been out once. He did that um, 44 or 45 runs in that second innings to get Australia across the line um, in the first test match. Um, it's been a really solid uh, batting performance from the Australians. And sorry, Labashain got 47. So you can see that. But, you know, the bowling has been um, where it's at for the Aussies. And, and, and you're right, mate. One for 180-odd to then be all out for 330, you know, 320-odd, whatever it may have been. Uh, a great performance from the Aussies. Mate, I want to put this question to you. And I know we've got to go to the news, so I might give you time to think. I'll give you some thinking time. Who is the best modern-day batsman? Is it Steve Smith or is it Ricky Ponting? Okay. Now, I'm going to let you ponder that for the moment because we're going to go to the news, Steve. Yeah, it's a great teaser. So we are off to the news. Uh, Butes' top three is coming up, and I think the guru is going to join you for that segment. And then Steve-O, Sports Person of the Week, all thanks to Slime's Board Store. And they've supported so many great surfers. In fact, I sent Joel Vaughan a message today. I'd like to get an update on how the Vaughan brothers, including young Huey, how they're travelling. I know they spent some time in Indonesia but uh, thanks again to Slime's Board Store. Anything you need in surfing, go and see Darren, Sean Hilton. They'll take care of you at Slime's. This is Saturdays on the Coast on SEN. Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Just about to go back to Gary Birkinshaw. We're live from Shelley Beach Surf Club. Buttes, this weekend, Wyong away against Curry in the Denton Cup competition. Wyong equals second on the ladder, along with South Newcastle and the reigning Premier Maitland on top. The entrants have got a bye, and the Mighty Tigers, they're currently fifth on the table. So, really good opportunity for both Central Coast teams to play some finals footy. Yep. And uh, just looking at Central Coast Rugby League, I'll come back to that in a few moments' time. Uh, maybe like the AFL, maybe they've had like a... I'll, I'll confirm it for you, but they might have had one of those wet weather rounds and... Yep, come back and according, make, make up rounds. Well, according to their draw, it says that they're not back in business until the 8th of July. Gotcha. So, okay. School holidays, perhaps? Uh, Who knows? Yeah. Butes, uh, let's get back to the cricket. Yeah, let's go back to the cricket. And, Guru, um, I'm just going to give you some stats before you get back to me in relation to uh, Ricky Ponting or Steve Smith. Smith, 100 test matches, um, batting average 59, basically call it 60, uh, and ODIs 142, average and 44. And we've got Ricky Ponting, 168 test matches, over 13,000 runs, 51 average, uh, 375 ODIs and a 42 average. Where do they sit, mate? Who do you have at the moment? Because I've got my views on it. Um, I'd love to hear yours. You are the guru. Yeah, both exceptional players. There's no doubt about that. Um, I would would go at the moment, I would go for Steve Smith. Um, Mm -hmm. The simple fact of the matter is, is that like you've got all the average and got all the stats, both fantastic players. But I think if you look through the majority of Steve Smith's career, he'd never ever, he's never had a really consistent opening partnership to go in and bat behind. 
So the number yeah. of times that he's had to come out and bat and actually save test matches put Australia in stronger positions. Well, when Ponick's batting, you know, he had Langer, Hayden, um, you know, opening the batting there. And they, were, they were obviously exceptional batters, but, um, you know... And, you know, Ponting played in a really successful era of Australian cricket, so he, he, he obviously contributed largely to that. But fell away slightly towards the back end of his career. Steve Smith's obviously got to get there yet. But I'll say that Steve Smith, I think, is about 34 now anyway. But I would, I would take Steve Smith purely on the fact of the side he's playing in, be able to perform under the pressure that he has, and he hasn't had that solid foundation before he goes out the bat. So you're almost comparing the scenario Steve Smith is in to the scenario Alan Border was in when he held the Aussie line-up together. Oh, exactly right. I mean, Alan Border, I think Steve Smith's probably a bit lucky than Alan Border because when Alan Border took over, Australian cricket was was really, really struggling. There's no doubt about that. Um, yep. They aren't as strong now, Australia. They, you know, they're, they're still very old. They're number one in the world. So to say they're not strong is probably is, 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 a, is a lie. But Steve Smith's contributed a lot of that. And Alan Border you know, was just a completely different... Um, player, he's a brilliant player himself, and what he did for Australian cricket will never, should never ever be under understated. And uh, uh, his backs the wall performances certainly puts him right up in any conversation about the best bats Australia's had. I think we also got to bear in mind that when Steve Smith came into the Australian side, he was a right arm uh, leg spinner, and he still is. But you know that's why he was brought into the side, not as a batsman, but as a leg spinner. And he has done a Cooper Cronk. He's manufactured himself into being, you know, one of the great batsmen, um, modern-day batsmen anyway. And it's just a, a, a phenomenal record that he has at the moment. Uh, Guru, just in relation to uh, overnight, now, as I said earlier, the Aussies, Usman Khawaja, 58 not out, uh, Labashain, um, he was probably lucky. Um, to get the 30, he had a couple of chances there which went his way and, uh, you know, for me, another poor dismissal on his part. But Steve Smith in uh, six not out. They're sitting nicely, the Aussies, a lead of 221. Um, I, I tell you what, the um, it's a good spot to be in going into day four. What do you think they need to do? Is 400 a good target and will that be enough? Yeah, you're right there. So you know, we lost... What we lost a bit over probably an hour, an hour and a half last night uh, through the rain, so they'll, they'll make that time up. But yeah, you know, I, I would think that they'd, they'd look to bat probably till T between T and T and stuff. Probably, actually, personally, I probably prefer they get bowled out because I know Australia with their decorations, they're probably more they'll be more conservative than they are aggressive. They're good and they're leading one nil, so I'd probably prefer that they get bowled out. The leader around four hundred. If you can't defend four hundred on the last. Day, the lower the last four sessions of the test match, well, sometimes you just you just step back, clap, and, and applaud the opposition. Say, say, too good. Um, obviously, no Nathan Lyon. That that's definitely going to hurt them. Um, um, so that to, to miss his, this is ability to bowl plenty of overs. I think that that's probably the, yeah. the main thing they'll miss there. Um, and Travis Head will no doubt he'll chip in and do that. But an advantage that Australia's got is the English tail is so long. Yeah, if you're you're effectively once best, if you're six out, you're all out. Um, you know, still still broad batting number eight. Um, it's certainly an advantage to to Australia. But um, I, I I back Australia to win the test from here. Yeah, I think we'd have we'd have to do something terribly wrong, or England would have to, to play out of their skin for us to lose this test. Yeah, well said, Guru. And uh, I mean, what a win in the first test. So. 
That would be incredible. Buttes, uh, let's get cracking. This is your segment. Let's roll in the intro. Buttes Top 3. Okay, Steve-O. Again, I'm going to go abroad here. <laughs> and I have gone with, and I don't know whether you know about this, Yankees pitcher Domingo Germain held the 24th perfect game in Major League Baseball history. So he has got uh, no hits, no runs, boom. First time since 2012. And did you hear the noise in the background? It yeah. sounds like Guru is all over he this. He knew this. He knew, and uh, I like yeah. the fact that he was all over it anyway. But... On one of those 20 monitors that he's got <laughs> yes, exactly. in, the, in the dungeon. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, 24th perfect game in uh, Major League Baseball history. A great achievement for Domingo Germain. Well done to him. Uh, number two goes to my man, Steve Smith. Uh, fantastic job, 110 in that first innings. Um, really needed for the Aussies, and uh, to do it at Lords, the home of cricket, he gets his name inscribed up on the wall of fame again, and uh, for the second time. And, and well done to him. But my number one spot goes to a young lady known as Ash Gardner, who etched her name in the record books with an amazing performance. She took eight wickets in the second innings. Uh, in addition to the four wickets she took in the first innings to give Australia uh, the victory in their Ashes test against England. Uh, match figures of 12 for 165. The best figures ever by an Australian woman, a woman uh, in test history and the second best overall. Uh, a win by the Aussies at Trent Bridge uh, gives England a, a mountain to climb when it comes to the Ashes series, which also uh, encapsulates the T20 and the uh, the one day is so yeah, well done to Ash Gardner. What do you think? It's a shame, boys. I'll ask you first, Guru. It's a shame they only play a one-off test, isn't it? Because didn't they get a fantastic crowd? Yeah, brilliant crowd at Trent Bridge, and that it was a brilliant test match. To be perfectly honest, and yep. you know, it's, it's amazing to think that a side had a player score a double century, and another player who take ten wickets in the match, and they still lose. <laughs> yes. It was just an amazing. It was an amazing game of cricket. It really was. Yeah, she's uh, right. and Ash Gardner's done an amazing job. Like you know, those figures there are phenomenal. And uh, you know, she took all five wickets in the last day uh, to get Australia across the line. So, uh, well done. She's my number one today, Ash Gardner. Yeah. Take a bow. Well, well let's go to the guru. Uh, your top three, my friend. Yeah, that's very good. Very good, Butes. Well done. And the eleven strikeouts <laughs> in that uh, that perfect perfect game too for the fourth Yankee ever. So, no, very good good get. So, mine's game. Mine's probably not as obscure as Butte's, but so I'm going to go, my number one is Nathan Lyon. 100 consecutive test matches is, a, yep. is an incredible performance. Unfortunately, he won't get to 101 with the injuries that he had, but what a stalwart he's been. Um, almost 500 wickets, test wickets. When you look at the next best off spinner, hasn't taken 150 wickets for Australia. Just an incredible performance of what he's done. Num number two, Steve Smith. Um, what a fantastic performance he is. Yeah, 32 test entries. His record at Lords is brilliant. And number one, I'm going to go to the Australian women's team overall for, for winning that test match. Obviously, Ash Garden was superb. 12 wickets, second best ever. Um, and you wouldn't even say that Ash was their number one spinner. I think Alana King would be their number one spinner. But her performance was outstanding, as was Annabelle Sutherland, 137 not out. Elise Perry, 99. Her, her record in test matches is unbelievable. And Beth Mooney got 84 in the in the second inning, but certainly need to play more test cricket, the women, uh, and they, they want to play more test cricket. But Australian cricket team, they're my, my number, women's cricket team, my number one. Yeah, and, you know, we had this conversation last week that the women's 
state of origin. They get a record crowd at Combank. They go to far north Queensland. Townsville embrace them. They get another record crowd. And so suddenly you're saying, yeah, why don't we have a third decider? And to talk about women's sport like this, it just fills your heart with joy, doesn't it? It certainly does. You also look now, there's also there's a dispute going on at the moment with, with the, the AFLW, where their season's due to start around the 1st of September, but they can't agree on how long the season's going to go for. You know, the women want a longer season, the AFL want to give them 10 weeks. and So, you know, there seems to be a, a common theme that, that probably not getting enough of the women's sport that we're actually seeing at the moment. It is so good to watch that the public want more. And obviously, the, you know, the people there who looked at the cost and everything else like that, but State of Orange is a, is a classic example, Steve. You, you hit that on the head. Yeah, sure is. Hey, Guru, uh, thank you so much, mate. And just before you go, is there anything local that we need to know? Any Central Coast cricketers doing anything amazing at the moment around the world? We've got plenty of cricketers actually overseas at the moment. There's a, there's a few Brock Hardys overseas and, and running around there, but there's plenty of cricket not actually setting the world on fire, but certainly having a, a good time. We've, uh, we had our annual general meeting last Monday night, so the, the same executive has been returned, so which is which is good. But all registrations are already open, all looking forward to, uh, to a very exciting 23-24 season. Yeah, and a couple of boys named in the team for the world over 40s, which... Yeah, it will be the first of its kind. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Hemming and also uh, Mark Laird from Wyom. Uh, it's a bit, of a bit of a funny thing going on with the over-40s. You've got a World Cup being played in, in Pakistan in October, but then there's another group saying, now the World Cup's going to be played in March in South Africa. So it'll be interesting to see how that tug of war plays out. Two, two, different, <laughs> two, two, two different World Cups. Two different bodies yeah, no. trying to run over-40s World Cup. It's quite funny. And I'm sure... And I'm sure there'll be a World Series in America somewhere with only American teams <laughs> world playing. Champ- world, world champions, mate. World champions. Are yeah. Yes. <laughs> uh, good on you, mate. Thanks for your time, and I uh, hope we catch up soon. I look forward to it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy the rest of your day. The guru, Gary Birkinshaw. All over it. Well, I mean, he is the Central Coast version. You thought I was good. He's like Bruce McAvaney. There's a man who probably hasn't had a lot of sleep over the last two weeks, I'd say. He'd be watching the cricket back to yeah. back. If you go to Guru headquarters, it's like uh, being uh, it's like like in a sports bar. Starship Enterprise. <laughs> yes, it's Monitors everywhere. It's like Star City Casino. Yeah. Uh, off to another break. We'll come back in a moment. Uh, final segment is Steve-O's Sports Person of the Week. All thanks to Slime's Board Store. And Buttes, we haven't even mentioned it today, so it's going to be a surprise for you. Uh, th- this, this person has won Steve-O Sports Person of the Week previously. Back-to-back? Not back-to-back, N- but... Not back-to-back. Two-time winner. I don't even want to say what gender this person is. How many uh, How many's in that club at the moment? I think there's uh, only two or three, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's an exclusive club. It sure is, and this person, uh, this person's performance in Europe... Uh, I've got one word, phenomenal. Uh-huh. So I'll share it with you in a few moments. Saturdays on the Coast on your home of sport, SEN. Robson Civil, 60 years of family culture. Join the Robson Civil Projects team for the opportunity of a lifetime. You're listening to Saturdays on the Coast on SEN Track. Yeah, good morning. Welcome back to the final segment, live from Shelley Beach Surf Life Saving Club. Butes, uh, I've been sweating on a text message to come through. Yes. I thought we might have, have our first listener. Oh. 
from, <laughs> I won't say what I said off the no, air. please don't. But he's winging his way to Paris as we speak. Greg Ferguson great and Fergie. his, his yeah. beautiful wife Jean. So we wish them well on their month-long holiday through Europe. I'm at enough soon, Steve. <laughs> I've got the Tag World Cup over in Ireland, so I take off uh, probably about three weeks' time. Uh, 26th of July, I hit the uh, hit the airways. Yeah, good luck, to... mate. It's going to be fantastic. Yeah, it'll be and awesome. Bumped into Ange Jones yesterday, who's pound for pound one of the best athletes we've had on the coast and she'll represent australia over, over there, there as well competing yes there's uh we've got 14 teams going over there and 280 odd players and 40 odd officials and coaches etc so it's going to be a great time over there hey buttes uh, got a text from dane allen so erin eagles on mm. top of the central coast rugby league table they have the weekend off uh, there's also another story brewing in central coast rugby league about a lengthy suspension that we might not wade into right now, but my goodness, sounds like there's a few massive problems. Well, it doesn't sound right, right? And again, you need to get, you know, all the facts behind it all, but it seems to be a few question marks over the uh, process and the way that has been handled. And we're talking about a player with an exemplary record in 11 seasons, and he's also a, a former player of the year yeah, in the I, competition. Just blows me away. But anyway, like I said, there's obviously... Two sides of the story need to hear the full facts to ensure that uh, we're making a uh, considered uh, opinion. Buttes, Raiders versus the Titans. Mm. Uh, love the way the Raiders played against the Roosters. Almost a game of two halves, that one, but well done to Ricky and his team. Yeah, and the Titans were good against the Broncos. Uh, an upset up at um, Suncorp. Suncorp. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this will be a good clash. I, I think the fact that it's down in Canberra gives them uh, enough of an advantage to get the job done. Cowboys, West Tigers. Oh, I've got to go to the Cowboys there. And, you know, they're on a good roll at the moment. Oh, you know, well done to uh, Todd Payton. They struggled early on in the season. Uh, he's managed to turn that around. You know, we know the success they had last year, but he's done a really good job turning those guys around. There's more work to be done, but they're in, heading in the right direction. You know, I'd love to go inside their four walls and mm. find out what was being said internally because the external noise around the Cowboys... They were motherless last. Yep. You know, and suddenly they're on the fringe of the eight. Yeah. If they get another win, they'll, I think they join Parramatta on the fringe of the eight. And, wow, look at them go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm loving the two teams. I said it last week. I'm loving that two teams are coming from way back. They're a side that have got enough attacking ability to concern teams above them. That's what I do know. They beat South last week without Jason Taumalolo. Yep. And, and you know what? In the last 12 months, and the, under Todd Payton, they've found a way to do it without their marquee man. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. And, you know, they've got enough good players. You know, they've got enough attacking ability. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with if they do sneak into that top eight. Just quickly, Buttes, uh, the derby, Broncos-Dolphins at the Gabba. Yeah, look, Dolphins disappointed last week. Uh, Broncos disappointed last week. So uh, a big game for both teams. I dare say the... Um, look... Yeah, both teams will be up for it, but for me, it'll be the Broncos. One word answers here, mate. Bulldogs versus Knights. Um, who cares? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, that was two words. <laughs> sea Eagles versus the Roosters. Uh, should be a great clash Sunday afternoon. I think it will probably be the Roosters need to get themselves on a roll, although it's going to be a Brookies, so a tough call, but Roosters for mine. Okay, let's roll in the intro. Steve O's Sports Person of the Week. Yeah, simply cannot go past this. Uh, Nicola mm. Rolleschlagers, so she's been in superb form, winning some Diamond League events. 
Well, she's gone to Lausanne and in Switzerland. Yes. The Diamond League event is coming up there, but they had a street meet. And Nicola has cleared 202, so world's best. She matches her own personal best and also the Australian record that she shares with Eleanor Patterson, who set that in the World Championships in Oregon last year. Uh, crack field. Mm. Garashenko runs second. She matches her personal best of two metres. Uh, the young lady that we all love, Yaroslava Mahuchik, finishes third. Yep. But Nicola stands alone. What a win. 2.02. And Steve-O Sports Person of the Week, proudly brought to you by Slime Sports Store. She's two-time winner now. Two-time winner. That will probably go straight to the pool room for her. Yeah, and now that's eight times that she's cleared two metres. Yeah. She said that 2.05 is in her sights. And then she's saying to herself that at some stage she feels she can clear 2.10, which would be a world record. There you go. And you know what? She's building for what is the world championship, which is just around the corner. Hey, we need to go. Thanks to Adam back at headquarters. Thanks to Valentine Holmes, our technician. We'll catch you next Saturday. Saturdays on the coast on SEN.